Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. I'm joined by Andrew McGinley, whose life changed dramatically on the 24th of January of this year. And now as he tries to rebuild his life, he's found comfort in dedicating his life, fulfilling promises to the children he worshipped, and he joins me now. Good morning to you, Andrew. Good morning, Alan. How are you, Andrew? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm uh, focused on the uh, legacy projects that I've set up in memory of uh, Connor, Dara and Carla. So that's... Uh, that keeps me going and keeps one foot in front of the other. And when I when I rang earlier this morning just to touch base with you, you were out for a walk. So the mornings, I, I think you and I were speaking in the build-up to this interview, are, are definitely the most difficult. Can you tell me why? Yeah, there was a, a social media post by Fiona Donoghue, who is the mother of Noah Donoghue, who died tragically in, in Belfast last year. Um, and she spoke about when you wake up first thing in the morning, it's the realization that, you know, you're not going to, uh, that she wasn't going to see Noah that morning. And it, it just got me thinking that that's, it hits you every single morning. Um, I try, I, I'm in a bit of a routine. I set my alarm off at, uh, for seven and, but it's, it's that alarm that signals the, the realization that the, that the kids aren't here. So it's, it's a it's a bit of a, a, a hammer blow first thing in the morning, but uh, the projects that I'm doing just uh, when I think about those, they sort of light a fire inside me and and get me going and get me up and out. You spoke to a mutual friend, a very good friend as well, Eddie Rowley from the Sunday World. The article is absolutely riveting, and it tells that on that Friday night, the twenty fourth of January, your 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 life changed forever, Andrew. What, what are you comfortable? I know you probably told this story a thousand times at this stage, but for the benefit of the listeners to this program, are you comfortable with describing what you went through uh, to share with us, so that something like this can never happen again? Well, it is it is difficult. I mean, the events of the 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 evening in question are um, are, are difficult for me to talk about. I I, I have in the past, but uh, I suppose for it not to happen again, there needs to be changes. I feel in the Mental Health Act, um, there's amendments that are due to be presented uh, to the Oireachtas shortly. But for me, they they don't really go far enough in making changes that. Would would help patients and help patients' families. It seems to be more about process and and ticking boxes, as opposed to taking each patient individually and looking at their needs and how they can be best supported. I mean, you in several articles. I've read several articles where you you, you spoke openly and honestly. And one of them, mm-hmm. where you said you still struggle to comprehend the last fall phone call you had with your wife Deirdre, before you discovered the death of your three children. And this article really jumped out at me this morning. Can you share that with us if you're comfortable with it? Yeah, yeah. So I suppose it's the. Uh, I suppose there is possibly or quite probably a feeling out there that. Uh, because of what happened, and, and in at the trial it was found to be an act of insanity, that there's a perception out there that that insanity was very visible. But um, Deirdre interacted with some people at the school that morning who thought nothing was awry, and that was after the deaths of uh, Dara and Carla. So there's a lot of... I suppose for, for people like myself, I would consider myself a logical and practical person. Mm. I, I struggle to understand the mindset 
that comes with a mental health illness. So the signs are not obvious. And that is probably one of the most troubling things. And without the support of the professional services to help uh, everybody understand that, then I, I feel, you know, tragedies like this will, will continue to happen. Uh, we need to understand a bit more about mental health. And I think the Mental Health Act needs to be less process-driven and more patient-centric. And that would go a long way to, to helping people understand mental health illness. Um, the phone call that you talked about, there was a number of phone calls, and they were all normal. Um, didn't raise any suspicions. Um, I think Deirdre interacted with a, a number of people that day and the day before, um, even exchanging text messages, etc. And, and nobody thought anything was was uh, was wrong. Yeah. So it's it's difficult to understand that. Right. You know. What you witnessed, I mean, I marvel at your strength and your courage to come on and talk to, to us this morning. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one because, as you say, the, the, the mornings are the hardest part for you. Are you constantly haunted by what you saw that day when you, when you visited, when you came home? Does that, does that haunt you? I mean, it does. It does. Um, um, you, it'll be something I, I'll never get over. Um, but... Deep down, I, I just know that the the kids wouldn't want me to be and they wouldn't want me to be to be traumatized by that. And it's it's difficult. But um, shortly after they died, I, I remember standing outside the house and, and uh, just the thoughts of the last time I spoke to them and the last time I held them and the last time I kissed them and all those thoughts come through came through my head and. You know, any time I think about the kids, you know, it, it gives me a, a I, I won't call it happiness, I won't call it joy, but it, it's love. It's just pure love that sort of lifts you and, um, hmm. you know, lifts you out of whatever, whatever, uh, I suppose, bad feelings that, you, that you're in. Right. Uh, it lifts your mood slightly, but it's just pure love that um, drives me on. And... Like, we all dread coming to our house and seeing the, the paramedics and the services outside, the, the guardie, the fire. You, I mean, they were all there when you arrived on that particular day, Andrew. That must have been uh, absolutely frightening for yeah. you. Yeah, they were there because um, Deirdre had collapsed outside. Um, so it was only then when when um, I, the paramedics told me that... that um, Deirdre was still alive and that she was that they were looking after her that I realised that the where were the kids so it was then that I went into the house and, and discovered their uh, their bodies um, so it, it's it's yeah it, it's you speak about it haunting it, I, I still think about it I think about it a lot but um, I think that the love the memories of love that I have them right. sort of helped me cope with that have you any contact with Deirdre at all, or have you had any contact or contact since? Um, I had been in, as, as you can well imagine, it's as, as complicated and yes. as, as difficult as you can, uh, of course, as you could imagine. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I really didn't. For me, I didn't recognise the person that that I met. Um, so, I I, 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 suppose I feel like I, I lost everybody that day, um, which is, which is. Which is hard, but um, I feel that Deirdre now has been diagnosed correctly and that she's getting the, the best treatment that she can get. 
I know that she feels that the medication that she's on now that uh, is the correct medication for her and uh, hmm. that her, her mental health has stabilised. So. The, the, the triggers, the signs, were they all evident? She hadn't been well, obviously. As I said, I've read so many reports and I, now that I'm speaking mm. to you, I'll let you tell me what you feel comfortable in telling me. But there was not was there underlying illness there all along the line, and do you think things have been improving, Andrew? Well, you see, this is one of the difficulties that we do have is that without the professional services, including the family, you're pretty much left in the dark and and dealing with Google. I feel with mental health and the stigma around mental health that the patients will only probably tell you what they want you to know. So you don't get to see a full picture. Um, we Dee was getting treated for her for her mental health, but uh, in the weeks before the children died, we were under the impression that Deirdre was improving, and that she was talking about returning to work. So we thought we were sort of, I suppose, near the end of the tunnel, and that we were coming through it. Um, Little did we know, what I know now is that when people decide to take their own life, that, they, um, that their mood lifts because they actually make peace with that decision. And that was probably what we were seeing with Deirdre in that she was, her mood had lifted and uh, mm. you know, she was talking positively. So in that we, we thought, yeah, we, we've, we've come through the illness and uh, we were nearing the end of the tunnel so but at the on the other hand the professional services were seeking Deirdre to um, to go back in as a full-time patient which is a complete 180 of what we thought right so without sort of family inclusion and the professional services treating the patient liaison with family and every and, and the support circle they're, they're, uh, how we can be at complete odds with what they thought baffles me. It really does. And that's one of the questions you'll ask forever in a day, won't you? It will, but I mean, some some changes within the Mental Health Act would rectify that. There is within the recommendations of the Mental Health Act uh, that um, they call it proactive encouragement so that the patient is proactively encouraged to include their family. However, it's only a recommendation, so as a recommendation, it's not really worth the paper it's written on unless it's practised. The College of Psychiatry wrote, um, the head of the College of Psychiatry, William Flannery, wrote in an article uh, in the Irish Times earlier this year that the vast majority of the college are in favour of family inclusion. Hmm. So if they're all in favour of it, and there's benefits for the patient and for the family, then write it into the law instead of leaving it as a recommendation. And that would go a long way to okay. um, preventing any tragedies like this occurring again. Getting a lot of reaction already to you coming on air to talk to us this morning, Andrew. Um, I, li- I follow Andrew on Twitter. I think he's an inspiration. I enjoy the photos and the little stories. What a wonderful man. I'm listening to Andrew, and I would like to say he is really great to come on and speak of his ordeal. I'm listening in the Enniscorthy. Good on you, Andrew. Um, I know you want to talk a little bit about Connor, Dara and Carla because I know you're getting comfort from being able to talk about them and now being able to commemorate them. Um, 
tell me a little bit about them. Describe them to us. What were they like? Well, uh, yeah, but before I just go there, it, it's interesting. I feel that I have to talk because I feel that if I don't challenge the Mental Health Act, then I wouldn't be able to live with myself. And I hope that other people who have encountered difficulties with the Mental Health Act will, will join me in speaking out um, because that can only help other patients and other families. Um, when I talk about grief and what I've been through, I, I hope that it helps people who are going through that and they can find the strength to come through that as well. Yeah. Um, I hated taking advice and I'll, I'll never give advice, but the only thing I will say is that whoever has passed, whoever has died, they don't want you to be sad, you know? So that for me is key, but I would encourage people to speak out and even if, if your feelings aren't that strong, don't hinder anybody else in speaking out. Right. Um, because I think it's important that we do. Have you been the target of vicious uh, attacks on social media, Andrew? I've got a couple of comments I, coming in from, like mm-hmm. Marie says, how brave you are. My heart goes out to you. He, heartbroken, but doing the best he can for his beautiful family. That comes from Marie. And, I, and then Marie goes on to say, she was sorry to hear of vile things people had on social media. I find that absolutely atrocious. Have you been subject to, to, to online attacks? Um, I have been, I have been. Um, but listen, uh, I would suggest that more, says more about the mental health of the people who post those things. So right. my, my only advice to, to, to people who, who troll on, on social media would be please speak to somebody because mm. if, you, if you think that's a, a, a good thing to do, then I would suggest that uh, you, your, your mental health is, is not where it should be. You, you come across as having great inner strength after what you've been through, which has been absolutely horrific. Where are you drawing that inner strength from? Is it, is it like as if Connor, Dara and Carla are speaking to you or coming to you and saying, Dad, we want you to, to, to motor on? That is, it is. is it? I mean, yeah. there, were three, there were three fantastic kids. Tell, um, me, tell me about them. Tell yeah, me about yeah. Them. Describe I mean, them. The, there, were, there were three great friends. And what sums it up for me is the video where Carla dresses up as a little fairy and she goes into the front room where the two lads were, I think, watching a film or doing something. And she goes to turn them into um, into frogs. Now, normally two, two older kids would probably go, ah, get out, we're watching a film or whatever. But the two lads played along with her and, and started hopping around the front room and she was delighted. And, yeah. You know, if that summed the three of them up for me is that they were always in it together but they were they were different and that's why the projects that I, I'm doing for now are so different I mean, okay. Connor, talk to me I about mean, the Connor projects then T- tell yeah. me about the projects what are they well Connor we, we had given Connor an old camcorder that we had and he took a lead on doing a a, uh, a movie with all his Lego characters and that's on his YouTube channel he'd asked me to help him set up a YouTube channel so that's where Connor's clips comes from on YouTube and I support that on, on Twitter and on Instagram. But Connor was fascinated by uh, the internet and that you could uh, ask Siri or ask Alexa for a, a question and that they would come back with an answer. And so he was fascinated with that. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm so delighted that I was able to set up a YouTube channel in his name. I wish I could have done it with him, yeah. uh, as, as I promised I would. But um, it's there, and that's where I do a lot of... Uh, the communication about all their projects is on is on Twitter and Instagram under Connor's clips. Yeah. Uh, Carla, Carla, in November two thousand nineteen, there was a light flurry of snow, and of course, 
like most kids, she was into the movie Frozen and the, the snowman and that. And uh, we were able to scrape enough to snow together to make a, a snowman the size of a pint glass. But uh, I promised her I would build her a bigger snowman. And unfortunately, more snow never came. But on Saturday, the 13th of November, the Independent are going to run a snowman for col- uh, Carla colouring competition. So that will be in there, and, and they're putting up some prizes for that as well. So, so Carla's colouring competition will come to life on the uh, the thirteenth of November of this year. Uh, and then Dara, Dara was involved in everything. We were like his own personal taxi service between GAA and football and athletics and hurling, and he got involved in everything. So my promise to him had been that I would coach with Rathcool Boys, which was the football team he played for. Um, and I'm, I'm doing that now, but Darrow was about much more than that. He was about getting involved. So we decided we would set up a charity that would help projects that are trying to get people involved, as Dara did. And that's the name of the charity, as Dara did. And I think if everybody in their local communities got involved, as Dara did, then those clubs and societies would be probably they wouldn't be struggling and, and finding everything quite as hard as uh, as they do. So um, we've helped a, a number of projects across the country at the moment. Um, and we're, we're looking for people to apply for funds. Okay. So if any club or society, should it be um, a, a knitting circle or a chess club or a sports club, they can apply for funds through the website, which is um, as Dara did, um, .ie, so A-S-D-A-R-R-A-G-H, D-I-D dot I-E. Alright, Daniel O'Donnell has come to your support (laughs) as well. What's Daniel doing? Daniel is doing it. So we have two methods of fundraising, really. One is monthly donations. So anybody who signs up for a monthly donation will get entered into a prize, a quarterly prize. So last quarter we gave away a signed Man City jersey, which was supplied through uh, Niall Quinn, the Irish footballing legend. And Niall has uh, gone on to um, Jordan Henderson, the Liverpool captain. So on the 31st of December, anybody who has signed up for a monthly donation of any value at all will get entered in for uh, some Liverpool uh, prizes. Uh, and that will be on the 31st of December. But um, the primary focus for me at the moment is Daniel O'Donnell is going to do a concert for me. Uh, we're going to hold it in the Newcastle Community Centre because the community was so good to me uh, over the last, uh, since the children died. And um, it's going to be a raffle base. So you can buy a raffle ticket. Uh, they're 10 euros each, or if you want to buy multiple tickets, there's different um, discounted rates for multiple tickets to enter the raffle. And there'll be 30 winners. Right. So each winner will get four tickets to the concert an exclusive Daniel O'Donnell concert. He hasn't played here, I believe, since 2019. Um, There'll also be overnight accommodation in in the Louis Fitzgerald Hotel. So your four guests uh, will be uh, sorted out for accommodation. Then food will be provided by uh, Derry Clark, who is, um, people will know him from RTE Lords and Ladles, and the company who I work for, Sodexo, who do workplace services. They'll be doing the food. And then I have Julie coaches who are based locally who will drive people from the hotel, the Louis Fitzgerald Hotel, to the gig and afterwards back to the hotel. Listen, it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you. 
uh, you've already helped a lot of people by how honest and open you have but I just want to refer back to an article one of the many articles that uh, you're quoted in and it says I can't forgive how my children died I don't think I ever will and that's difficult and it may put me at odds with people but I can't at the end of the day the lives of my children were taken maybe someday I will but it's all the stuff that surrounds how the children died there are so many complications this was penned a few months ago are you are you coming to terms with it? Are you able to rebuild your life uh, at the moment, Andrew? Um, How would you, ha, well, have you moved on? No, I'll never move on. I will never move on. Um, I mean, these projects are what's keep me going. I'm excited about the, the, the concert now and, and, and moving forward with that. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the other project that I'm doing is the, is the two lads, Connor and Dara, had, had their own comics and their own books. And, uh, so I'm going to take some of their characters that they wrote about and, and write children's books. So it's the kids who are keeping me going and driving me on. And that will be till my dying day, and hopefully that's another 30, 40, 50 years away. But, Andrew, thanks for talking yeah. to us this morning. No problem at all, Alan. Thank you. And we'll, we'll keep reminding people about the various events. And we'll, as you oh, say, Thank y- you. you want the memory of Connor, Dara and Carla to last. Yeah, yeah. Good morning to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.